SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. A Tuesday right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the SportsGrid network. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. It is with bittersweet sadness that we say goodbye to Super Wild Card Weekend. I'm not sure you can call it super when we had the blowouts that we saw across the gamut over this past weekend, but the divisional round is now set. The best weekend of the NFL postseason. We take an early look at those lines by first looking back on Monday Night Football to end things out for Super Wild Card Weekend. Before we do that, we go across the sports landscape to set you up for your Tuesday to make you a more informed and better sports better. We go across the association, some NBA action, 12 games that you need to know from yesterday. College basketball as well, a new AP poll, a shakeup at the top after all the upsets we've seen over the course of the past week and a half. And helping me to do that on this Tuesday, make no mistake, it is the morning after, but when the early line gets involved, it becomes the early after. And one of the co-hosts of the early line each and every weekday morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern time, it is the man we call old K-Dubs. Kevin Walsh joining us here mm. on a Tuesday. Kev, great to have you here alongside for what is going to be a very fun first two hours. Then we bring you until noon Eastern time on this Tuesday. Excited to be here for the people. It's a big day, though, Ben. And people say, why is it a big day? Is it because we have the early after? Well, sure. Is it because it's Turtleneck Tuesday? It's a piece of the puzzle. But it is a one. Ben, don't forget the Scott Stevens birthday. So from me and the Sports Grid family, a happy birthday to you. Doing a great job here on the morning after, Monday through Friday, three hours holding the fourth down. Truly tremendous. One of the all-time great moments in sports grid history is BSS wow. getting in the mix here. And here's the one thing I know Ben told me this personally. What he would like for the people to go out there and do for his birthday is go follow me on Twitter at the Boss. That's what he said. Weird <laughs> request there. You go out there, you go follow that old cake up on the Twitter machine. You go pop that little button right there, a little follow dog there. That's for the guy BSS. Yep. Let's get after it. Listen, there would be no better birthday gift in my mind than all of you for the people out there to follow the man that leads the people at the mm-hmm. Kevin Walsh on Twitter. That would truly be the best birthday gift I could ask for. The best birthday gift I could ask for, though, truly two hours of the early after together on my birthday this Tuesday. The start of year number 28 for me on this earth. It was the first playoff win in the career of Matthew Stafford last night in Los Angeles. The Rams taking down the Arizona Cardinals 34-11. to Kevin, really a lopsided game on the first ever Monday night football game as a part of Super Wild Card Weekend. The line worked against the Rams all week long. It opened at four and a half in favor of L.A. By the time we got to kick last night, Kev, it was only a field goal. Three points in favor of Los Angeles. They easily cover and hammer their NFC West divisional foe in Arizona. Here's the thing for the Los Angeles Rams. They play the San Francisco 49ers Week 18. 17-0 lead, 17-3 at the break. Matthew Stafford played clean football. And if you would have told me, here's the stat line for Matt Stafford. 13-17, 2-0-2, two touchdowns and no interceptions. I have no questions. I know who won this football game. 
This has become abundantly clear around the Los Angeles Rams. Great roster, both sides of the football, and a great head coach. As long as their quarterback, who has a very high ceiling, avoids his disastrous floor, they are really hard to beat. And when he's great, there's no one beating him, Ben. Welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here. The opening hour of the morning after or the early after on this Tuesday. You're listening on Sirius XM Channel 159 or Terrestrial Radio Affiliates as well. For the first two hours of this show and then we bring you until noon Eastern time. It is Ben Stevens alongside Kevin Walsh breaking down the conclusion of Super Wild Card Weekend on a Monday night at the site of Super Bowl 56. SoFi Stadium, the Los Angeles Rams certainly look like a contender to play in a Super Bowl inside their own home stadium and hammering the Arizona Cardinals 34-11 to last night, covering as a three-point home favorite. The total of 48 and a hook stays under because Arizona was abysmal offensively. But Kevin, you mentioned it. Matthew Stafford, his first ever career playoff win in his fourth postseason start, snapped a streak of over 180 starts, including the regular season and playoffs that Matthew Stafford had made without a postseason victory. That comes to a conclusion last night. Eight interceptions for Matthew Stafford in his final four regular season games, none last night. 13 of 17, 202 yards, two touchdowns, but he wasn't the only one throwing the ball across the yard last night. Odell Beckham Jr., a 40-yard pass completion as well. Four grabs, 54 yards, and a touchdown. Really, the numbers, Kevin, aren't anything astounding last night. Arizona was just that bad on the other side. They were bad, but I'm glad you brought up Odell. See, you know, on the Odell Island, things got a little bleak for a little while. And it turned Mm. out all that needed to happen, competent quarterback play. What do you know? Odell Beckham Jr., still really, really good. Interesting, Ben, how he's not ruined this locker room. Is he a diva? Are the Rams worse with him? No, they're not. In fact... They're significantly better with him and might not actually be here without him. It's a good thing they got Odell Beckham Jr. Because Odell Beckham Jr. is awesome. He certainly is. Four grabs, 54 yards, a touchdown, Cooper Cup. Only five receptions, 61 yards, and a touchdown, Van Jefferson. One grab, one target over his receiving yards prop of 37 and a half with 41 receiving yards. We look back on the conclusion of Super Wild Card Weekend and set the stage for the NFC Divisional Round. That's next year on The Morning App. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. A turtleneck Tuesday, a birthday for some, and a Tuesday here on the morning after, which has now become the early after because it's Ben Stevens and Kevin Walsh with you on Sports Grid and Sirius XM, Channel 159, looking at the finale of Super Wild Card Weekend in Los Angeles. The Rams taking down their NFC West divisional opponent in the Arizona Cardinals and doing so in a big way, 34 to 11. So now we have divisional weekend on the horizon. But before we get there, old K-Dubs, one final point about last night. So LA wins 34 to 11. They cover easily as a three-point favorite despite the line working against them by a point and a half over the course of the past five or six days. The total of 48 and a half, 
stays under. Now, if you remember, Kevin, the Arizona Cardinals were the last remaining unbeaten in the NFL to begin the regular season. They had a perfect 7-0 start, 7-0 start. Then they were 4-7 in their final 11 games. They finished off the year, including the postseason loss last night, losing five of their last six games, and they only covered once in that span when they were an underdog and won outright on the road against the Dallas Cowboys. In my mind, a very disappointing end to the season that I believe, Kevin, allows people to speculate and question the future of the head coach in Arizona, that being Cliff Kingsbury. I think so. Here's the thing for Arizona. It's not just this year. Eight and six last year, you go to week 16, you're home against C.J. Beathard. How'd that go? Did you win by a million? No, you lost outright. You're basically controlling your own destiny to get to the postseason. Year two, year two of Kyler, year two of Cliff, we can move past that. Now, I understand the odds makers' expectations coming into the year did not have the Arizona Cardinals making the postseason. They didn't have the Arizona Cardinals winning 11 games. So from that perspective, they certainly did a great job. However, expectations change. This team was not only favored to win the division to a degree, Ben, where they turned the odds off because that's how much they had ran away with this NFC West at one point here. This was a team that was favored to be the number one overall seed. And to be playing a road game in wildcard weekend is an unacceptable finish. To lose five of your last six games is an unacceptable finish here. And let's be abundantly, I mean, look, it's, oh, they, they ran up a murderer's There There's a loss to the Detroit Lions mixed in yep. to all of this disaster. Like, they played the Seattle Seahawks, whose season was long over, at home, and the opportunity to win that game would have given you that division crown that you had squandered, yep. and they could not even do that. The Arizona Cardinals completely fell apart, and it is unacceptable to tell me that DeAndre Hopkins is basically the MVP of the NFL this year, while being maybe the best wide receiver the league has seen over the last six, seven years, which is totally understandable. The gap can't be best team in the NFL and completely useless without DeAndre Hopkins. And the Arizona Cardinals have a monster decision make around Kyler Murray and giving him, you know, close to mm. probably record-breaking money. Because here's the reality. Who was the worst quarterback of wild card weekend? Not Jalen Hurts, not rookie Mac Jones, and not completely washed and retired Ben Roethlisberger. It was Kyler Murray, a performance that people in the room will look around and say, what just happened? Now, I understand grass isn't always greener on the other side, but if you think Kellen Moore, if you think Brian Dable or someone along that elk could potentially come in here and make a Kyler Murray hit his ceiling, then you have to be able to explore those opportunities, Ben, because again, if that Cardinals job comes open, is that job number one? I think there's a real chance it is. There's a quarter of the league right now that will be looking for a new head coach. And Kyler Murray's performance last night, like Kevin mentioned, pretty porous. 19 of 34, only 137 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions. Arizona as a team, only 61 rushing yards. So entering last night, the Rams had some pretty long odds to win the NFC Championship, plus 600. But after the win last night, the Rams... Now, the third best odds to win the NFC crown, Kevin, at plus 320. A jump we all expected with a victory, but still a considerable amount of movement 
in LA's favor. The Packers are the favorites now entering divisional weekend and in action for the first time at plus 160. The Bucks, the second best odds at plus 230. The Rams there at plus 320. And then the Niners, the longest odds now out of the four at plus 550. Kevin, here's what's fascinating about this market compared to the AFC market. It's virtually the exact same. Identical except for five cents of difference between the Chiefs and the Packers as the favorites on both sides. The Packers are plus 160. The Chiefs are plus 165. The price is one through four. Outside of that, though, the exact same. So, NFC Divisional Round Weekend. Let's dive in. The final matchup that we needed to know was going to be the winner last night of Arizona and Los Angeles heading to Tampa Bay, Florida to take on Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. So, the Rams get a rematch with Tampa Bay. Back in week number three, it was the Rams on the road handing the Bucks their only home loss so far this year, 34-24 as an underdog. The Rams are a three-point underdog as of right now, Kevin, against Tampa Bay. What can we expect for round two between Tom, Matthew Stafford, and the rest of the boys in Tampa this upcoming weekend? So I think when you're looking at lines here on a Tuesday, Ben, is to try and figure out where is this thing going to move, right? I believe open two and a half and got pushed to that field goal number there, right? Yep. So what is more likely? Do we go to three and a half? Do we go back down to two and a half? I think it's significantly in favor of this going towards that two and a half and maybe at two and maybe even less. And here's why I believe that. As I don't think personally, based on just kind of looking up some stuff, the pro football bot uh, and, you know, reading some of his analysis here, I'm not sure the Bucs are set to get back overwhelmingly positive injury news around some geeky guys. Jensen isn't going to be healthy, even if he does play against the Rams. Leonard Fournette right. and Ronald Jones remain question marks, and it is likely that Tristan Wirfs will miss this game here against the L.A. Rams. Oh, don't worry. Only playing one of the greatest defensive football players still in the absolute heart of his prime, Aaron Donald. That doesn't sound mm. great. Oh, don't worry. Having Mike Evans go one-on-one -on -one with Jalen Ramsey and then the rest of the options be Scotty miller and uh, Tyler Johnson, who I think Brady probably yeah. wanted to bench in the beginning of that game. That's not great as well. Oh, like Big Ten football, or did I slander Tyler First Johnson? team Big Ten in 2019. Just go ahead. Anyway. No, hey, listen, they took a couple of good Minnesota kids in that draft there for Tampa Bay. Worked out well for them. Hey, look, here's the deal, man. The health True. is significantly on L.A.'s side. So when you're looking early week here, you like the Rams. I think as the news continues to pour in, if you look to bet this on Sunday, you're probably not getting Rams plus three. No, I do not think so as well. The early look-ahead line entering Monday night football last night, L.A. was getting two and a half on the road, but then the line came out at three for this matchup between the Bucks and the Rams. Now, Los Angeles has only been an underdog twice this year including that week three matchup against Tampa Bay. They have won outright in both games booked as an underdog. Tampa at home, eight and one straight up, seven and two against the spread. Every game this season for the Bucks booked as a favorite. We will dive into that game throughout this week to get you set for 
the divisional round, but the Saturday night cap, the Saturday two doubleheader that we have to begin the divisional round is a matchup of very familiar foes in the postseason. It will be the ninth all-time playoff meeting between the Green Bay Packers and the San Francisco 49ers. That is tied for the most in NFL history, Kevin, in the postseason. And the Packers now a five-and-a-half-point favorite against the San Francisco 49ers. The over-under, 47-and-a-half. Your initial thoughts for this one at Lambeau. Total looks light. Popped at 47, up to 47-and-a-half. Let's keep mm -hmm. moving that thing up. Here's the beautiful thing, right? If I had someone, I'd say, hey, look, I really like the over. They go, Psh, Jimmy Garoppolo, man. Oh, yeah? Why don't you go check those Jimmy Garoppolo numbers against Dallas in a game that they scored 23 in? Not worried about Jimmy Garoppolo. He's terrible. I know. Maybe the interception he throws will be a pick six. As long as the Packers are pushed, which I think they will be, this game should get over 47-and-a-half. Packers over in six of their final seven. San Francisco under in five of their last six. AFC side of things next here on TMA. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Super wild card weekend now in the rearview mirror. We look forward to the divisional round and one of the best weekends of all postseasons in all of sports coming up. We look forward to that here on the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the Sports Grid network. I'm Ben Stevens alongside Kevin Walsh for the opening two hours of this Tuesday TMA which makes TMA, T-E-A, or otherwise known in the lexicon of sports media as the early after. And we take an early line approach to the AFC divisional round matchups that we will see and highlighted by what we all hope and expect to be the best game of the weekend. That being the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's dive into that one, Kevin, and then we'll look at the AFC Championship odds on the other side before we get to the second of the two in the division around. First, the game inside Arrowhead. As we look at those odds right now, that would be the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills once again. The Chiefs, a two-and-a-half-point favorite against Buffalo at home, the over-under 54-and-a-half. Kevin, a matchup that we have seen already once in the regular season yeah. and a very similar <laughs> spread in which Buffalo won outright in Kansas City, Missouri, the first time these two teams met. What can we expect for round number two? Well, look, here's the thing again, right? The I, I love when you're in the postseason. I mean, it's the, it's the nature of the NFL. You talk about, you know, game's done Monday. You talk about them Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, right? And you kind of, you know, try and hammer it out all by the Friday show, right? I don't know what will change for me from now until Friday. Certainly it could. But I look at that line. And I find it to be incredibly disrespectful to everything that the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes have done over a couple of years now. Ben, Patrick Mahomes has lost to one man in the playoffs. And it is Tom Brady. And that's it. And you and by the way, that was on the road both times because the Super Bowl was in Tampa Bay. 
The Buffalo mm. Bills have played Patrick Mahomes in the postseason. And in classic Chiefs fashion, they said, here's a double-digit lead. Now watch this. 38-24 final, completely non-competitive by the time the game finished. And so people know it was 38-15. And the line in that game was a flat three. Mm. And people thought Buffalo was the side. People thought Buffalo were built to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And I get it. The Buffalo Bills played as good of a game as anyone has ever played on the offensive side of the ball. The Buffalo Bills beat this team in Arrowhead 38-20 this season. I cannot look at Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City under a field goal and view that as anything other than massive disrespect to what this team has done, again, since Patrick Mahomes has been their starting quarterback. A favorite in every game this year. A favorite in every game, including Super Bowl 55 a season ago. Buffalo has only been booked as a dog three times this year, including that Week 5 matchup in Kansas City. Again, a two-and-a-half-point spread, and the Bills won outright 38-20. to That over-under was booked at 57. This one is 54-and-a-half, by far the highest total of this divisional weekend in the NFL. Of course, that first matchup also going over. It was an offensive showcase, Kevin, that first time in KCMO between these two teams. Patrick Mahomes, 33 of 54. Those 54 passing attempts, his season high, by the way. 272 yards, two touchdowns. But what played Patrick and the Chiefs offense early on, also two interceptions. Patrick Mahomes also ran the ball for 61 yards. Josh Allen ran it. For 59 yards was the Bills' leading rusher, as he often was throughout the regular season, and threw the ball for 315 additional yards and three touchdowns. Now, Kevin, here's the discussion. I think we owe to Brian Dable, who was one of the hottest names in the head coaching carousel search around the NFL and the Buffalo Bills. Their rushing offense has now become incredibly dynamic. What was one of their kryptonites and one of their weaknesses earlier on in the year has now become a true strength of that Buffalo offense. And you look at what they have done the last three games. They have averaged more than 192 yards on the ground, 174 this past Saturday night against the New England Patriots. That's an area that I don't think KC has seen out of Buffalo in the last couple of years and could be a distinct advantage for the road team on Sunday night evening in Arrowhead against the Chiefs. Look, and, and I think the ability to kind of mix looks, not be predictable is important also josh allen not the model of consistency if you ask anybody outside of buffalo because they are never rational about this stuff mm. and the reality is they're probably going to need the ground game to help them out there because it's not going to surprise me when josh allen hits tyran matthew in the numbers that won't shock me not a single bit but i'll tell you this right now you look at that score and it was 38 20 buffalo the chief's yep. offense just had no idea when the season started, evidently. Well, how about the Chiefs offense and Patrick Mahomes throwing five touchdowns in 11 and a half minutes of game time against the Pittsburgh Steelers? And guess what? Tredavious White, not here anymore. One of the forgotten injuries of the NFL season, certainly one of the most important players for the Buffalo defense when he was actually available here. This is the thing. Devin Singletary can run all he wants and Josh Allen can make big plays. The Kansas City Chiefs are not going to rock up to this game and give you that ugly of an offensive performance again. 
I refuse to believe that to be the case because I've watched the Kansas City Chiefs play over the back end of this season, and they've looked like the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, I, listen, mm. I'm j- <sighs> the Bills can win this game. I'm not saying they can't. Like, if I were a Buffalo fan, I'd be upset at the line because you now mean to tell me I have to get two and a half here going to Arrowhead. As a Bills yeah. fan, shouldn't you be like, I should be able to get the full field goal at the minimum? At least they gave you the field goal last year, even though it didn't matter. You got absolutely blasted by Patrick Mahomes. I, look, man, I'm, all I'm saying is I look at this line, and I already know how this is going to go all week long. I can I just heal it. Bills are the team, the Bills are the team, the best team in the AFC, the best team in the AFC. Josh Allen finds the wrong team twice. Patrick Mahomes. You know how – here's the thing about Pat Mahomes, too. Ve- like, very petty. Very, very petty. And we'll take this mm. very, very personal. Look, we'll we'll see how it plays out. We'll see if the Bills can play two perfect offensive games in a row. I doubt it. I mean, when you look at the perspective that Kevin Walsh is giving you here, one thing you need to remember, he is always slandering the Buffalo Bills and saying Josh Allen is going to throw multiple interceptions a week after he had more touchdown passes than incompletions is a very interesting take there, Kevin Walsh. But, hey, listen, listen, that's the perspective we provide. I mean, at times, you are not incorrect on that statement. The 38 points, by the way, that Casey gave up back in week number five, the most... That Chiefs defense allowed all year. The 20 points the offense scored, well, that's not this Kansas City offense right now. Six straight overs for the Chiefs, who have had 12 of their 17 regular season games booked with a total in the 50s. When you look at the Buffalo Bills, three totals, 50 or higher, all three of those games hitting the over. And again, these two teams have the two best odds in the AFC championship market. The Chiefs Mm -hmm. are the favorites at plus 165. The Buffalo Bills, the second shortest price at plus 230, which leads me, Kevin Walsh, to the Tennessee Titans at plus 320. Mm -hmm. The number one overall seed with a home game to start off divisional weekend against the Cincinnati Bengals. They are a three and a half point favorite. Are the Titans at home yet the third best price to win the conference out of four teams remaining right now at plus 320. Kevin, we have spoke often about Tennessee's value in this marketplace. Here it is on a silver platter once again. Yeah, look, I, I think in a way there's value on Tennessee and Cincinnati because the top two teams, like one of them has to be eliminated, right? Like, And I think you did a great job bringing up the comparison between the IFC and Tennessee because the numbers are basically identical. But the big yeah. difference is... The AFC goes 2-3-1-4 compared to the NFC's 1-2-3-4. And that nature of it all is really, really important because whether it's the Tennessee Titans hosting the Kansas City Chiefs or the Buffalo Bills, or whether it's the Cincinnati Bengals making a road trip here, no, the, it's this is the thing, right? Like, let's just say the Niners beat the Packers. Let's just beat Green Bay. Why can't they beat the Tampa or the Rams? If the, Whoever wins the game between the Titans and the Bengals will believe that they can go into Kansas City or they can go into Buffalo yep. and win or, or host, of course, if it's the Tennessee Titans, can win. So I think you look at either the Titans or the Bengals. Certainly the Titans make a lot of sense because they host that game and they'll be nowhere near a $3 dog in a, in a home game against the Chiefs or the Bengals. Those all jump out here as legitimate value. We've talked about the Titans countless times. I'm surprised it's still 320. To be honest with you, they should be in front of the Buffalo Bills. 
Certainly so, Kevin. Then when you look at it from a perspective of the four matchups we have on this divisional round weekend, only the Titans and the Bengals are the matchup we have not seen at least once in this regular season. The Packers and the Niners have played. That was back week number three, the same week the Rams and the Bucks played. And of course, we just detailed the Chiefs and the Bills first matchup back in week number five. When you look at Tennessee, fresh off the bye, as a favorite this year, just four and five against the spread with a negative cover margin. Only have been a favorite in three of their final six games to end out the regular season. And in those five non-covers, as a favorite for Tennessee, they lost four of them outright, which does set up well for the Bengals, who are six to three against the number as an underdog this weekend. We will look at just how fresh the Tennessee Titans hope to be in our second hour, fresh off the bye, the number one seed in the AFC. And to start off divisional weekend, it will be the Titans and the Bengals. We go around the association next here on the morning after on SportsGrid. Stay with us. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the Sports Grid network. I am Ben Stevens. We have set up NFL Divisional Round Weekend, two matchups in the NFC and the AFC, and we will continue to break down the NFL in our second hour. And it is a beautiful thing to have Kevin Walsh here for two hours on TMA on this morning. That becomes the early after, because not only will we set up the National Football League postseason and divisional round weekend, but of course, we can go across the association. And yesterday on a Monday, on Martin Luther King Jr. Day, we had 12 NBA games. Yes, 12, a very full slate across the association and some great matchups. And Kevin, let us begin in the grind city. The Memphis Grizzlies keep winning basketball games. They had their 11-game winning streak snapped over the weekend by the Dallas Mavericks, but they bounced back in the win column yesterday, now having won 12 of their last 13, and they cover as an 8.5-point favorite against the Chicago Bulls. Kevin Walsh, how impressed are you by John Morant and company in Memphis? The Memphis Grizzlies are continuing to get the job done. I, I think you look at this Memphis team right now, and, and it is we're starting to get to that point where you really do wonder is this ceiling for real the reality though amount around the memphis grizzlies is what is true of just the nba in general seeing is believing for those that break this game down very often and certainly the odds makers because they don't need to then get massively pushed until that money pours in and the memphis grizzlies can beat the phoenix suns and the brooklyn nets and the golden state warriors and the chicago bulls all year long but the reality on the Memphis Grizzlies is they're going to go into the opening round of the postseason. And let's just say they draw the Los Angeles Lakers. They're going to be a dog in that series, depending on the Lakers' health going in. However, what if they draw the Clippers? Paul George is back. Is Kawhi back? What would that series price look like, potentially? What would the Memphis Grizzlies against the Denver Nuggets look like if Jamal Murray returns to the fold? Perhaps could a Michael Porter Jr. come back to action as well? 
These are the interesting things to follow around this Memphis unit right here. And I bring up the Denver Nuggets and I bring up the Los Angeles Clippers because those are still two teams that are both booked in front of the Memphis Grizzlies right now when you talk about the odds to win the Western Conference. That, of course, is one of the more... That's one of the difficult things, again, to try and navigate these waters about when do you jump in, when is the time, right? Because if Memphis, with everything that they've done right now, 31-15, and 15, legitimate great resume wins, right? Is that group at 15-1 to 1, something that you need to be getting your hands on right this very second? Or can you wait for the bracket to be set? Can you wait to see if they get Dallas instead of Los Angeles. They perhaps, you know, find themselves getting the Denver Nuggets here. Again, maybe a little bit more vulnerable depending on health. And not only maybe what a round one matchup looks like, what's a round two matchup look like? Do they get the tremendously fraudulent Utah Jazz, who I'm sure we'll talk about here during this segment? Or do they have to go to Phoenix? Do they have to go to Golden State? Those are always the important things, Ben, when you're breaking down conference odds. I'm I'm actually surprised you're not mad at me that we didn't lead with the Lakers last night in in I, I was gonna say Staples in Crypto.com Arena against the Utah Jazz. We'll get to that in just a moment. But what I do want to say to echo your point about the Memphis Grizzlies, when we spoke at this time last week, Kev, on another edition of the early after, the Memphis Grizzlies were 30 to 1 to win the Western Conference in the midst of that 11-game winning streak, probably somewhere around eight or nine straight wins. They have had their odds slashed in half over the past eight or nine days. So from 30 to one to 15 to one right now in the Western Conference. And they are 30 and 16 against the number, the third best cover percentage in the NBA at 65.2%. However, the most outright covers in the NBA, 31 and 15 straight up, the Memphis Grizzlies, 30 and 16 against the number. Meanwhile, the Chicago Bulls, who are plagued by some injuries right now, have lost four straight games and only covered once in that span as well and only six and eight against the spread as an underdog this year you would expect good teams when booked with a plus money price would be able to take advantage not the case for chicago this season as we continue to go around the association before we get to the los angeles lakers and the utah jazz one final game in the eastern conference heaven i want to talk about the cleveland cavaliers taking care of business at home yesterday against the brooklyn nets who will be without kevin durant for at least the next month, maybe even six weeks. And for only the sixth time all year in the NBA, now past the midway point as it pertains to regular season games, the Brooklyn Nets were an underdog and they do not cover, losing to the Cavs 114-107. Kevin, is the outlook a little bit more bleak right now without Kevin Durant for the Brooklyn Nets as they try to sustain pace in the Eastern Conference over the next month or so? Yes and no. I... The Nets and the Lakers are the same exact team at this rate. And I know people are be like, what? They're the same team. Because here's what's going to happen. No matter what the Nets do, right, it doesn't matter. Because Durant's supposed mm. to be healthy when we get to the playoffs. And as long as Katie's healthy, people are going to take Brooklyn, right? That's the reality of it. Now, one thing that's true about the Lakers and the Nets is guaranteeing their health is a fool's errand. As we've seen play out this year. But this game continues to reinforce the same thing that we've told the people, and I know at least I have, when it comes to the Brooklyn mm. Nets. You talk about plus-minus numbers, Ben. Kyrie, plus 14, doesn't matter. Why? 
because the most important player on the Brooklyn Nets is James Harden. And James Harden rocked up into this game somehow, a minus 18 in a seven-point loss and playing 40 minutes of work. They got absolutely hammered when Harden was out there against this Cleveland team. And here's one of the things with the NBA season, is right now there's a lot going on while the NFL is at its peak. So I'm sure a lot of you out there are missing a lot of news. You want to know what dropped, Ben, during the week around the Brooklyn Nets? Did you see this, my friend? That Harden might bounce in the offseason? Could you imagine if Jimmy Beard says, you know what? This lunatic, I don't know what he's doing, and I don't want anything to do with him. And as far as old KD goes, let him shoot 50 times. Because I love shooting 50 times, and I'm going to go do that somewhere else. And all of a sudden, the guarantee we're winning a title, Brooklyn Nets, are going to end up losing Harden for nothing? And having Kevin Durant and Kyrie eventually, and you know it, fall out and maybe never cash in on a title? Is the Brooklyn Nets window going to close this year? And do you maybe panic front and send him to Philadelphia and bring back Ben Simmons? Wild scenes. Kevin, I like to think I'm pretty on top of all the sports, even at the thick of this NBA season. But I did not know, even as the NFL postseason turns on, that there was this rumor out there that James Harden might be leaving Brooklyn at the conclusion of this NBA season. Interesting stuff, and that's the expertise that OK Dubs provides for us as we go around the association but here to echo the point about kevin's idea that we should not panic about the brooklyn nets at least as of right now because the odds makers are not the brooklyn nets are still a very short favorite even without kevin durant for the next six weeks potentially to win the eastern conference at plus 135 so if the odds makers aren't freaking out maybe you shouldn't either or you go somewhere else in the east and you grab some value on a team that does not have such a short price at plus 135. All right, let's get to it. Lakers, Jazz, so much controversy around Los Angeles. Has Russell Westbrook forgotten how to play basketball? All he does is miss shots and turn the ball over. Magic Johnson has lost his mind. He is tweeting at the Lakers for their lack of effort. LeBron James is acknowledging that and apologizing and avowing to do better for Los Angeles. What does that all come to last night as a five-and-a-half-point home underdog against the Utah Jazz? An outright, an outright six-point victory for Los Angeles. 101-95 over the Utah Jazz. Kevin Walsh, take it away. Man, oh man, is there enough time to get to it all? <laughs> you couldn't ask for a better result. You talk about get-right spots, and usually that's against the Orlando Magic, the Detroit Pistons, the Oklahoma City Thunder. No, 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 no. When you need a win, that can put confidence back in a franchise. What you do is you bring the most overrated group in the NBA into your building who will never win a big game. Send them to a local CYO gym and tell them the season's on the line and a couple of eighth graders will have Rudy Gobert running circles around that three-point line. 
Russell Westbrook is playing basketball so bad, I might beat that man one-on-one right now if I give him enough space. And he dunked on Rudy Gobert so hard, I think it should eliminate him from the defensive player of the year conversation. It was absolutely delicious. But let's remove Utah from this because I've told you this all along. They do not matter. The Lakers do, though. And here has been the disheartening thing about this LeBron James run is LeBron James is continuing to put up unbelievable numbers and the purple and gold continue to lose basketball games because what has been true forever, Ben, is LeBron and some guys can still get the job done. LeBron and some guys can still compete for a championship, but it seemed as if that was no longer true. Why? The numbers were there. What could it be? Well, it turns out, Ben, it's still 100% true. LeBron, Mm. plus 11. The rest of those starters, minus 9 or worse. LeBron, though, plus 11. Stanley Johnson, plus 18. Malik Monk, plus 17. Austin Reeves, plus 13. Talon Horton Tucker, plus 15. Four guys. And LeBron. Combined for about a plus 20 of work. LeBron and some guys still works. Those guys, though, just can't involve Russell Westbrook, apparently. Here becomes the very, very difficult decision for the Los Angeles Lakers. By the way, we talk about news. It has actually come out this morning from The Athletic that basically Vogel coached for his job in this game here against the Utah Jazz and remains on basically a game-to-game basis. Look, firing Frank has its merit as he insanely last night checked Russell Westbrook and Avery Bradley back into this game, and I have absolutely no idea why, but nevertheless, Russell Westbrook simply appears to be a net negative. Yes, I know many people warned of this, and yes, I know I foolishly thought that LeBron could fix it. It seems that even he cannot. And for that, for Kevin Durant, I will apologize to you from running from the grind, which you absolutely did, and you should have never went to Golden State, and you should have went to Boston. It would have helped your legacy a lot more. You got some bad advice, and if you need good advice, you call OK Dubs. But the reality around this Los Angeles Lakers team is all we need to know is can LeBron and some guys still compete at a high level? Answer, certainly if those guys they're playing against are the Utah Jazz. I mean, what a bunch of frauds, man. I'd book them at a 1,000 to 1 to win the NBA championship, man. My goodness gracious. Me, Ben, Shames, B. Rutz, and Jack Weinberg are giving them the business if the title's on the line. Hit the bricks, Utah. There's, I mean, I know I'm biased, right? I know I'm biased. We're co-hosting the early after together. We're core talent here on the Spiz Grizz. But there is nobody better at breaking down the NBA than all K-dubs. We round out our number one coming up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rounding out our first hour together here on the morning after on a Tuesday. Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the Sports Grid Network. 
I'm Ben Stevens. But do not fear, because for the first hour and for the second hour as well, OK Dubs, the Kevin Walsh on Twitter, at the Kevin Walsh on Twitter. Kevin Walsh is here with us. So, so much more to break down across the sports landscape. But we round out our number one by hearing from you ahead of Divisional Weekend. Which matchup are you most excited for? Let's find out in Fade the Public. Okay, Dubs, Divisional Weekend is now set. Which game are you most excited to watch? We asked the public. Buffalo, Kansas City, Los Angeles, Tampa Bay, San Francisco, Green Bay, the Saturday night nightcap, or the first one up of the Divisional Weekend, the Cincinnati Bengals and the Tennessee Titans. Unsurprisingly so, Kevin, over half of the public, nearly 53% of this poll at SportsGrid TV on Twitter, still active and ongoing, mm -hmm. saying they are most excited for the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, Dubs, you are a man of the people for the people. Are you fitting the public? That's right. I, here's the thing. Like, I, everyone's going to say that. Of course it is. But, right? but see, we just give a little light to the other games there. Like Joe Burrow going to Tennessee. Derrick Henry is going to come back. Like That's exciting. Mm. Aaron Rodgers yeah. just dicing up the team that he wanted to be traded to that's exciting tom brady and matt stafford that's got some juice but obviously chiefs bills has tons of juice as well i'll give you a little personal story i ended up securing Please. some you guessed it wrestling tickets for sunday <laughs> evening and as they were getting set to announce the schedule fingers crossed that it wasn't chiefs bills hitting the 630 slot so no, I'm not yeah. fading the public. At Mahomes versus Allen. I mean, the two guys combined last week for about 700 passing yards and 10 passing touchdowns. Tons of juice. We will continue breaking down divisional weekend coming up in our second hour. And as everybody knows, wrestling is a cool sport. More of the morning after, hour number two on the other side of the break here on Sports Group.